There are lessons we can all learn from what happened to LastPass and their customers. It's a complicated story. We do our best to boil it down to the essentials and to the lessons that we can learn from what happened to them. Hope you enjoy the episode. You could restore it all. Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And I have with me uh, a guy who I think is going to be very excited as he lives vicariously through me over the next few months. <laughs> my my electronic enthusiast, Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going? Prasanna. I'm good. I'm always willing to spend other people's money, so <laughs> you did say, that, you did say that this is like your your exciting part of watching other people sort of work through their uh, spend their money, and it's what makes you happy, right? So it's like you're starting a project. <laughs> no, well, you're starting yeah. a project for enjoyment, right? I think everything. Sorry, most things in life that you do to improve your life costs money. So there are some things that right. don't, of course, yeah. but there are some things where you're like, yeah, I work, I earn, I spend a lot of time working and putting in the time. There should be certain things which I should spend money on. So I'm probably going to buy what is referred to as an ultra short throw um, laser TV. and Projector. Um, well, they... So in the in the biz, they're they call this a laser TV. I don't know why, but it is a projector, right? It's a screen and a projector, and they're like, it's a laser TV because it's lasers. But whatever. <laughs> um, but that's what everybody calls it, right? Um, but yeah, it, it's not going to be cheap, right? Because I want a ginormous screen. I'm looking at a 120 inch screen. Um, and uh, I am most likely going to be buying, uh, I've already looked, I'm going to be buying basically last year's model, what is now last year's model, because CES was just a few weeks ago, or actually just last week. I've already looked at the reviews of the stuff that people saw in, in CES, and I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying for that, right? It's like um, lo looking at stuff that's like double the price of what I'm looking at. I will say the most frustrating part in terms of like looking at reviews and stuff um, has been the soundbar part um, is the different levels of it's, it's like with, with, with the projector, there is hands down a winner. Everybody yeah. agrees. Bang for the buck. It's this four movie theater. That's the, the name of it. It's actually like a, I think it's actually WeMax that makes it, but they've branded it for the U S market. The brand is four movie. That's the name of the brand and the name of the thing I'm buying is theater, the four movie theater. It's a little Such, hokey, but everyone yeah. agrees it like it, it, it literally universally, everyone agrees. So that's the easy part. They also generally agree on the screen. Um, you know, a, um, a, what do they call it? Ambient light rejecting screen that is designed for UST projectors. Um, but when we get into the soundbar part, 
Um, first off, they cost way too much. Second, it's all relative, um, Curtis. It's so it is so relative, right? And you watch these different reviews. You're like, okay, I think I think I've I think I've zoomed in on it. And then you read, and then you watch a couple of other reviews, and they're like, this one's crap. This one's yeah, well, it's good, but it sounds a little tweety. It sounds a little, you know, this and that. It's so subjective. It's speakers. It's surround speakers are not nearly as good as the Samsung 990 T big R you're like, all right, let me go check that one out. And then you, you know, and, um, how far um, down the rabbit hole did you end up going? I, <laughs> well, I, well, I know this, I don't want to buy the thing that I saw the guy review. Well, actually, let me rephrase that. I do want to buy the thing that I saw the guy <laughs> review from CES, which is the, what, what's the, y- the y- Nakamichi, y- Nakamichi what, dragon, Nakamichi, the <laughs> Nakamichi dragon, that, he basically said it's the greatest sound system he's ever seen, uh, but it's $3,500, which is basically about 2x of what I think I'll probably be spending. Um, yeah. uh, I think I've ended up with the Samsung, so far, mentally, where I'm at is the Samsung HWQ990B, which is, is an 11.14 system. Is it really the one you yeah. told me when I started? I think it was. Yeah, that's interesting. We've, we've talked about this enough already. Uh, I want to go to something that is, that is frustrating to me. Yeah, it is. It is more fun. It is more fun to talk about, but we're here today to talk about a password manager. You know, we, we've, we've spoken about password managers. Prasanna, what do we think of password managers? They are awesome. Everyone should use a password manager. Everyone should use a password manager. You should either use a commercial one like the one I happen to have. I happen to have uh, Dashlane, not sponsored. You have like an open source kind of thing yeah, going on, right? Yeah, I use KeyPass. Yep, I use KeyPass. Yeah, KeyPass. Which is an open yeah. source. In fact, didn't we do an episode where we talked about... We did. We did an episode where we talked about these different options with, and stuff. Yeah, um, with Chris Hayner, why you need a password manager, yes. episode 168. Yeah, yeah. So we're huge fans of password managers. And LastPass... Uh, generally, ha- you know, has a good design. Um, having said that, I think they made some some really big mistakes. Given the number of companies that have been hacked, will be hacked, especially when we when we start looking at ransomware. I don't think that a company should be dinged just because they got hacked, right? Yep. Yep. Do you, Do you agree with that? I hundred percent agree. It's there, it's so hard to stay on top of everything, especially given a service right. you operate. And so there will be zero-day exploits and other things that you can't plan for, right? And they happen, and it's just how quickly can you jump on top when something like that happens, right? So we shouldn't ding them just because they may be hacked, right? Having said but, that. <laughs> <laughs> but I said the but, Curtis. We can ding companies for why they got hacked, right? If you got hacked, right? If your identity got stolen because you painted your social security number on the front of your house, you're an idiot, right? Or you create an Um, S3 bucket that you left public. If you do something like that, then, you know, we're just going to make fun of you, right? We're just going to bring you on. And... This is one of those things, you know, the, the, I was looking at the wired 
article about this and their headline was basically, I mean, here's some headlines, right? So uh, from Mashable, LastPass reveals just how bad that August breach was. It was bad. Um, the, the Wired article basically said it's time to dump this password manager. And that's a strong statement. But I have to say, based on the things that we're going to talk about in this episode, again, I, I was already a customer of another of another company, but it seriously draws into question some of their thought processes and 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 lack of processes. And just for people who aren't familiar, just think of like all the passwords for all your financial institutions and everything else, right? You're trusting the keys to the kingdom about you and everything you have access to to a company, right? Everything's in a yeah. single centralized place. If something happens, if that data is, if that company is breached and the data is stolen, right? There's all your passwords yeah. for everything that's I, out there. <laughs> I'll just put this right. I'll just put this right now. If you're a LastPass customer and you're and the length of your password isn't good enough, they, your, your data is gone, right? And you need to go and change all, meaning that your data has now been, it, 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 it should, you should be assumed because that's basically what they told their customers. They basically said, you know, if you've got, um, you know, uh, a password that's, that's not a, of a certain length, then um, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be easily good. Where, yeah. where are we or, or, today, or there's persona in terms of, of the, of password the, length? Um, yeah, what's what's the recommended minimum password length these days? Is I it don't 16? know. I'm actually not sure. I always just figure out like if I'm creating a password, whatever the max password is on a website, and I just use yeah. that. Right. So for me, yeah. it always varies. Right. I always just err on the side of whatever is the largest. Here's the one I was looking for. There's a chart. Here it is. Yeah, this is it. Okay. Number of characters, assuming that you're using upper and lower case and a number, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I, I, can, can we agree that we should not have any thing measured in months or <laughs> so yeah. basically the question is if you have numbers, upper and lower case letters, how long will it take modern um, computers to do a brute force guess of your password? And today, if you're a 10 character password, it's seven months. If you're an eight character password, it's one hour. Oof. Right? If you have an eight character password with numbers, upper and lower case, by the way, if you add symbols to that, it goes from one hour to eight hours. So an yeah. eight character password with all of the stuff that you're supposed to have in it is guessable in eight hours with modern technology. So I, I would, I like numbers like, um, 2000 years, a hundred thousand years. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and that those start appearing around 13 characters. Right. Um, according to this, an 18 character password, um, <laughs> I like this. An 18 character password with numbers, upper and lowercase, and symbols is mm -hmm. seven quadrillion years to guess. <laughs> uh, so, what I've been doing is I've set my password length to 20, 
in Dashlane. And, uh, and obviously I have to rein that back occasionally when I get to a stupid website. Yeah. Um, yeah. So basically if you, if, if your password, I'm going to say if your password is under 10 characters, then you need to start changing all your passwords. Now, if you're a last port, if you're a yeah. last pass customer, now we should, we need to talk about why, but I just want yeah. to scare the crap out of you. I, th- in the I beginning. thought there was, I thought there was also another thing that they had mentioned. Maybe we'll talk about this later. Maybe not that they had used a different crypto algorithm in the beginning. So if you have really old passwords, it would actually oh, that's be the right. weaker standard. That is true. Then yeah. newer passwords. So even if you have 24 characters or whatever else, if it's a password that was, I don't know what the time frame was for that password or when they did that switch, yeah. but if you have an old password, you should probably change it. So let's talk about what where this started at. Um, and that Back is the, the August hack, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, so... There, but there do, you, were... do you want to actually talk about it before the August hack? What? What do you do, mean? Be, because are, are you going to talk specifically about LastPass breach that happened in August? Or do you also want to talk about, because before the LastPass breach, right, there was the Twilio breach. Twili- Twilio breach, right. There, well, there was Twilio, but, you know, as, as, as far as I can tell, what it was, was it was the same threat actor that did a bunch of similar attacks. Attacks. They, they attacked Twilio, which that didn't mean anything to me, because to me, that was like some uh, project management stuff. And that's yeah. when I found out that Twilio owned Authy. Guess who yeah. uses Authy? Hello. <laughs> but basically what they did, uh, as far as I can see, is they, they used stolen credentials. They got into the network. They were able to bad bypass MFA in some way. And they were able to spend some time in the network. Yep. And uh, LastPass, the only credit I'm going to give to LastPass is that they were upfront about what happened. Yep. Right. So they were, but they weren't. So they said that they they had they had able they've been able to steal some source code. Yep. And at first, that's very concerning because the source code could include source code of of the the product itself, and somehow yep. figure out weaknesses like exploits of the and weaknesses. Yep. Right. But the source code that we now know. What, again, this is all, everything I'm saying in this podcast is it appears. What it looks like they did was they stole the source code of a script that was being used for backup, which, uh, what do you think I think, Persona, about a company <laughs> that's a $200 million company that's doing backups with a script and what was in this script, mind you? Credentials. What was in the script? Credentials. So hard-coded credentials. So what do you think? So, yeah. I so, think. So, so, A, they shouldn't have been doing that. That's ridiculous. But I will yeah. give them credit for one aspect, right? I know a lot of times, and maybe you should throw out our disclaimer here, right? But I know yeah. a lot of times we talk about... Um, Actually, why don't you do the disclaimer? All right. So, uh, Prasanna and I work for different companies. This is not uh, an official podcast of either company. He works for Zoom. I work for Druva. And we're just a couple of dudes jibber-jabbering about our opinions about stuff. And these do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our respective employers. 
And uh, if you want to join the conversation, this one or any other conversation, you feel free to reach out to me, WCurtisPreston at Gmail or at WCPreston on Twitter. And uh, I'm, I might get a I might get a new Twitter name. I hear that they're, they're auctioning them off. I might, yeah. <laughs> you know, a couple couple million dollars, and I'll I'll buy a Twitter name. But at um, Elon Musk. <laughs> I don't think that one's available. Um, the uh, so, yeah, and, so, uh, and so, be sure to so, rate so, us and subscribe and all that stuff. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. So going back, so I hundred percent agree with you that they should never like. No one should be hard coding credentials into a script. That is ridiculous. However, well, no one, no one should be. Wait, wait, wait. Two hundred million dollar company should not be doing shell scripts. Yes, for backup. Let me, let me get to that next. Okay. Right. Sorry, I interrupted so, you. Yeah. So yes, there are cases where you want to use automated tools or uh, a service out there or a backup product to actually do it properly because no one wants to focus on backups. Everyone's going to do a poor job if they build it themselves because it never gets the focus of the business. hundred percent agree with that. However, I will say that there might be certain cases, right? I don't know what their infrastructure looks like, right? There might be cases where there is no standalone tool that can satisfy the needs of what they have, right? There, maybe it's a very, very small percentage. Maybe they never looked. But I'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt and saying maybe it didn't work for their environment and therefore someone went and wrote a shell script. I'm That's not, all I have I'm to not say. I'm not buying that. But I'm not buying that. <laughs> Be, because the the problem, the, 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 the area, like I can see that of like, maybe they're using Neo4j and nobody has a tool to back up Neo4j. And so they've got a shell script to back up Neo4j. I'll give them that. But that's yeah. not... Where, where the where the where the problem was apparently in actually when it copied to the cloud. There's a thousand companies uh, that if you're running, they're most likely running Linux or something, right? Somewhere. And in fact, there's uh, uh, rsync.net. Remember, when we yeah, had the. There, there's yep. a bunch of companies and stuff that could do this without hard coding your stuff. So, so I think I think it's bad that a two hundred million dollar company was using a shell script. It's super bad that they were using um hard coded Credential. credentials in that script and then um and then you know what's funny you know what's here, funny wait what, before funny? you get to that they're a password manager company that is hard coding passwords <laughs> <laughs> you know isn't that a little ironic that, unlike most of the things in the song isn't it ironic uh is actually ironic that is very <laughs> ironic Right. Um, a password management company that didn't. Yeah, that's not that's not good. Yeah. And by the way, what ended up happening is why you don't hard code passwords in uh, and, and they use the word token somewhere. You know, it's slightly different than a password, but whatever. It's a password. What happened was we go back to the August breach. What it, what it looks like happened is they crawled the network. They were able to grab some source code. Remember? Mm -hmm. That source code included the script. The script happened to have credentials to log into the cloud service where they copy their backups. Oh. And so guess what? They that's what happened is they law is the, the the hackers logged into the cloud service that they use for backups and they exfiltrated the data. Right. And what they was in these backups? Well, nothing important, really lucky persona. Luckily, it was nothing important. It was just 
everything. <laughs> it was it was the customer database, meaning like who are they, where do they live, you know, how do they pay, what address they live in, all that kind of stuff. But it was also the actual vault, the actual the crown jewels, the usernames and passwords. Now they are saying that with some caveats that we already talked about a little bit, they are saying that they um, that they're that is that that part is encrypted, right? So the the chances that someone would be able to steal your password, your username and password by decrypting your because the 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 encryption algorithm is it's a hashing mechanism that uses your password as part of the key, right? It's, it's like the master password. Yeah. Like the master password. Right. Um, and, um, and so in order to decrypt it, someone would have to guess your master password. The, um, and that's why we're going back to the beginning. The question is how big is your master password? And also apparently in the instructions that they sent to customers, Again, I'm going to I'm going to give this is the only nice thing I'm going to say. At least they were open with their customers as to uh, how things went. Right. Very different, for example, than the uh, Rackspace hack. Yeah. Right. The Rackspace hack. They they have said very little, even though they've concluded their investigation. They've said very little uh, and they've said some things that I don't think they can back up. Whereas LastPass really laid it out there. They're like, here's what happened. Here's what they got in. They got in. Here's what they have. And by the way, if you if you got a if your if your master password is this size, or if you've done stuff, you know, a certain time frame, if you if you are a LastPass customer and you haven't taken a look at that, uh, you really should. You should yeah. really should that, look at that message. One clarification question, Curtis, is yeah, did they say that both the username and the password were encrypted in the vault, or was it just? So yeah, the username, the um, uh, what the, the the only thing I remember that was not encrypted in the vault was the URL that that particular password is for. Um, gotcha. So so which which again, this is this is why I was like, it, it's just a number of things where it calls into question the the decisions of the company. Yeah. Why why like, why would one you? field? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think we have some theories, right? We have some, because they wanted it unencrypted. I think it, they had a reason, right? We can theorize it doesn't really matter. But I think the reason, the only reason to leave a field like that unencrypted is you had, you had use of that field, right? It would be interesting to look at their privacy policy. It would be an interesting to look at their privacy policy. I bet a lot of people are looking at their privacy policy. Yeah. If I was a LastPass customer, I don't know what I'd be thinking right now. So here's, I have two questions for you. Actually, one comment, one yeah. question. So the comment is, like you mentioned earlier, I think we should at least not congratulate LastPass, but at least say that they've done a good job being transparent, right? We've seen so many other breaches where transparent is no good. information has come out, right? So I know we're harping on them right now, right? And giving them a bad time, but it's not because of what they've done after the breach. It's what happened before the breach. I think that's what we're right. concerned about on this episode. 
Yeah. And, and by the way, I, I need to go back to an earlier thought that I, it came to me and it, it left and, you know, you know, that happens sometimes. The problem with a hard coded, uh, you know, credential like that is exactly what happened. That someone who wasn't supposed to see the code will see the code and will then use that to do something bad, right? To access stuff they're not supposed to access. And um, that's exactly what happened here, which again, I'm going to go back to another, I don't think it was a decision, but when you get hacked, like they got hacked and you know that a threat actor was roaming around in your, in your computing environment for a few days undetected, what should be, what should you do next? What should you do immediately? Well, A, you should probably take everything Besides, down. We already talked about notification. Right. Yeah. Take everything down. You, look around. Yeah. Take everything down. Look around. Rotate all your passwords. There you go. <laughs> that's that's what I was reaching for. But but the problem is when you've just got a hard-coded thing sitting in a shell script, you're not necessarily going to think about well, and I that. that's the thing is, if they had known it was hard coded, like if they had tools to scan and look for passwords, right, they would never have let that happen. It looks like it slipped under the cracks, right? And someone hard coded it just to get it out the door and no one went back and fixed. And this goes to a point you were bringing up earlier, right? At this point, right, if you can't focus on your backups and make it better, you're probably better off finding an automated tool or a product to fill that gap because they care about these things and they will make sure that you are doing things in the right way. Right. Right. And so you're less likely to end up with these issues. Yeah. And and I know that not every company, you know, I mean, let's go back, go back to, go back to 30 years ago. Right. Uh, We are coming up like any day now, it's going to be 30 years for me in the IT industry. And I was using shell. I was at a $35 billion company and I was using shell scripts. I was, I was running dump. Of course, back then the, the idea of commercial backup tools wasn't so much yeah. a thing. <clears throat> ArcServe. ArcServe was about the only one. <laughs> it was ArcServe and there was BudTool. I don't know if you've been around long enough to remember. I've Bud heard about BudTool. That was around. Never used it, but yeah. Um, and Alexandria. That was, which, mm-hmm. which, which, you know who owns you know who owned that hmm. they've been on the podcast do you know who's owned that Mm-mm. spectrologic oh spectrologic owned alexandria back in the day they decided hmm. to sort of focus on hardware I'm, I'm not saying that these things don't happen but i will say that you know that was a different time and basically, and even then I knew not to hard code usernames yeah. and passwords, but the way, the way backups worked back then was everything ran as root, right? You, you created a script as root. You had cron that ran things as root. And then because it ran as root and because you had RSH enabled, yep. <laughs> we didn't, we didn't have SSH, do anything and everything. RSH enabled, RSH enabled without a password. So from, from a central... <laughs> Right. As long as you, you were root, you root here, you root over there. That was, you know, back in the day, um, we had a script that would go around and do R dumps and things like that. Is... Um, 
and um, we also had an RFS mounted tape drive. I think we brought. I brought. We talked up about us. The, yeah. Yep. Yeah, RFS was remote file service, like predecessor to NFS, and but you could mount a tape drive. It was kind of cool. Yeah. Anyway, clearly it wasn't that cool because yeah. it didn't. <laughs> it didn't last. It did survive. But yeah, yeah. So I understand you're a small company, um, and and you can't get any budget for backups. I, I understand. I, I just I, I would like to think that if that's where you work, if if you can't get any money for backups, I think that you should take a stance, and I think that you should say we need a commercial backup tool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do, th- I, and I do strongly believe in, in a SaaS based tool, not because I work for Drew, but because I've been that way for a long time, right? The idea of having somebody who's focused on it and does nothing but that, and you have a complete service, um, you know, and the cloud is a beautiful thing for that. We have so much bandwidth these days that, you know, deduplication has enabled this. I mean, just been so many things that have been that have made cloud a cloud SaaS backup service like my my employer happens to offer. Um, for me, it, it it is the best backup option for most companies. There's caveats, right? Uh, most of the companies like mine, there's not a lot of them, but they don't tend to do like the older Unix platforms, right? Um, they don't tend to do as many database products. They tend to focus on virtualization and the cloud, right? Yeah. Uh, and I'll I'll say something that I say often is if you've got 10 petabytes of data in a T1 line, <laughs> that ain't gonna work, right? <laughs> you need some petabytes. But I'm guessing just given LastPass, right? They probably, like how they've scaled out, right? The number of users on their platform, right? They're probably familiar with a lot of these sort of challenges anyway. Right. It's just yeah. they sort of stopped at. And so I'm even wondering, like, they focused on production, right? Making sure everything was up and re- or was good to go there. They probably have right. some form of high availability and disaster recovery, hopefully. Right. But who knows? And then it's just sort of some people, like you said, forget about that art or the backup side of things and recovery. And then. Yeah. I even wonder if they're probably don't even consider anything around archive either. Right. If I just think about the life cycle. Yeah. I, 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 um, I just think it's a matter of not prioritizing backup, which is a, is a historical problem. Uh, And I guess I'm just saying, I'm speaking to the, I'm speaking to the person that understands the value of backup and recovery. And that is our target listener, right? Our target audience is somebody who understands the value of, of, of backup. Right. And so I'm saying if you're at a company that doesn't understand the value of backup, I think it's time to to make a stand and to get it in writing that you recommend they do something else. Yeah. And I think because typically it's an IT function, right, who worries about backup. But this is where I think you go get champions who can help support your cause, like people in security, because it's relevant for security folks as well. Or if you look at legal and compliance or other folks in the organization right? To help support you and push to get things done. Yeah. And use this story, right? Use this story of what happens when you grow your own backup system (laughs) and then reach out to, you know, a number of companies, reach out to me. I'll, I'll put you in touch with the right people. Um, It's, it's, 
it's don't talk to Prasanna. He'll just he'll just make a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's interesting. I was just thinking about this. A lot of times on the engineering side and product side, we always talk about tech debt. Right. Things yeah. I wish I could have done, but I couldn't do because I had to get the product out the door. So I took some shortcuts and we'll fix it later. And sometimes they don't ever get fixed. Right. I think we haven't really talked about like the IT side of tech debt. Right. Which like this could be right. It's like, hey, I needed to get backup done for that initial release, for instance, just to get things out the door. And it's right. tech debt. I never had the chance to go back and fix it, do it right, because there's never enough time. There's never enough budget. Right. There's all these other priorities. My, so, yeah, one of my favorite phrases is never time to do it right, always time to do it over. Right. Yeah. Um, Until you get to a fire drill like this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. So, so use this story. So that's what I, I so I, I, I tell you what, I, I, I would have a hard time continuing to justify being a last pass customer. You do what you want. Maybe they have features that you like, and maybe you feel that they've learned their lesson, whatever. I don't know. Last pass. It made me, it made me think about the length and the complexity of my Dashlane password. Um, so I got, I got, I changed it. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I, uh, and my wife and I share the password manager, right? So I had to, I had to explain my new super long <laughs> password. It's relatively simple to remember, right? I went with the sort of the battery horse stable method rather than the XYZ 9Q5, so, so did, whatever. Was it basically U-S-T-P-A-L-R-1-2-0-D-R-A-G-O-N? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Um, yes, um, that's what be my my password should be for movie theater Samsung nine ninety B. Actually, you know the 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 Vizio model numbers. So so that was one of the things I was looking at the sound bars. The Vizio model numbers are all like UX nine five three seven four, right? And the the yeah. people that review them, they're just like, what is what is this? You know. Um, that could be, that could be a good password. I'm just saying, um, but it's not long enough. So, yeah, so I, I, so, 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 so that's the other thing. So I think you should, I think you should seriously reconsider your last best situation. I think you should also look at, take this, take this opportunity to upgrade your backup scripts or up your backup system. Look at a commercial backup system uses as a justification. So the, to do what you probably want been wanting to do all along. Mm. And then finally, uh, I guess I think it'll be finally is take a look at your master password. Uh, you know, look at that table, um, that says, you know, uh, cause basically if your password, if your password manager is, um, you know, is guessable in something measured in weeks or months or less than that, that's not good, man. Yeah. You know? And um, I think the other thing to mention is two things, right? We always talk about this enable two factor authentication or MFA where you can. Thank you. In addition. Thank you. Right. Um, and then yeah. the other thing is. Even if you are using a password manager, if your password is like 10 years old, right, you probably do want to change it at some point. Even though you're using a password manager, it's totally random, right? 
you do yeah. probably want and to yeah. change it every once in a while. I'm guilty of this. I've actually started going through and changing passwords, but I realized, yeah, I haven't cycled some of these in a while, even though they're all randomly generated. But have I have I told you how many passwords I have? Yes, you did. It's it's several hundred. I thought I thought right. in the podcast episode we did with Chris, I think you both had a significant number of passwords. <laughs> Let's put it like that. Yeah, I think the only way I was able to do this because it doesn't list, doesn't show me in here like a number. I had to I had to actually export it, hmm. and then and then count the number of lines in the file and then delete the <laughs> file. <laughs> Oh, Curtis. Um, it's a lot. I guess what I'm saying is it would take me a month to update all my passwords, right? Hmm. Oh, but, you know, by the way, Dashlane used used to have this really cool change your password for you feature. And it worked mm-hmm. at a lot of the popular websites. They've, they've abandoned that feature. They hmm. said it was too hard to, to keep it updated. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Can you think of anything else we should be talking about regarding this LastPass? thing no uh i i one thing came to mind is is if your company has been the subject of some kind of hack of any kind perhaps you should roam around and look for scripts <laughs> with uh you first change all your regular passwords yep and then roam around to see if you got scripts with authentication crap in them or the other thing is change your passwords and then, like, if you're using AWS, look at CloudWatch. It'll log when authentication failures happen. And now you can at least point yourself in the right direction of being like, hey, I didn't know that. And I'm assuming that the other providers have something similar. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, just- yeah. And hopefully you do have some form of, form of auditing enabled in your systems to at least I, log failures yeah. and, and access. And by the way, that that's how... Uh, LastPass discovered was going on is they had some stuff that was watching, right? And they're like, we yeah. noticed some unusual activity in our account. And um, turns out somebody downloaded the backups of our stuff. Ugh. It's killing me, man. Just killing <laughs> me. This is just a, just a really... Uh, anyway. All right. Well, um, on that note, I hope that you're watching this on a 120-inch screen. <laughs> If, the if, you're one of those, if you only listen, you should check out the the the, the mm-hmm. video version we have over at BackupCentral.com. You get to see our our beautiful faces, and and this and this one, the camera is in the wide shot. Is my book in the wide shot? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is okay. My book's in the wide shot, so you can see a the the book is whoop there there there. There you go. <laughs> it's, it's closer than it or than it normally is because I'm sitting in the middle of the room because I'm, I, I thought I was going to get baseboards today and turns out I, <laughs> I didn't. Um, so all, everything, everything is in the middle of my room. It's, and I've, and I've got like, literally I have nowhere to move. Like <laughs> regardless of which way I move, there's, there's something around me. Well, hopefully you'll buy it back to normal soon, Curtis. Hopefully, hopefully. All right. Well, thanks for uh, listening folks. And remember, remember to subscribe so that you can restore it all. Good.